Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, some six years now, six years plus into our adventure here at Tannin Aquatics and that whole idea of tossing all sorts of botanical materials into our aquariums for the purpose of creating a diverse functional ecosystem is becoming more widely accepted than a hobby. It's pretty fun to see it happen. However, the real breakthrough with botanicals comes when you, that is the hobbyist, lets them fully decompose in your aquarium. You're like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. Yes, we're talking about stuff breaking down in your tank again. The idea of those nice crispy leaves and pristine seed pods softening, shedding their tissues, and ultimately turning into little bits and pieces of materials, that kind of decomposition. It requires a little understanding of the process, as well as an appreciation for what's actually occurring in order for most hobbyists to eventually accept this. By making those mental shifts to accept the, you know, these processes and to foster them, as well as their rather unique aesthetics, we're helping to unlock potential benefits for our aquariums as never before. And it starts with stuff breaking down, the process of decomposition. Now, decomposition is an amazing process by which nature takes materials and, for want of a better word, processes them for use by the greater ecosystem. It's the first part of the recycling of nutrients that were used by the plant from which the botanical material came from. When a botanical decays, it's broken down and converted into more simple organic forms which become food for all sorts of organisms at the base of the ecosystem. In aquatic ecosystems now, much of the initial breakdown of botanical materials is conducted by detritivores, specifically fishes, aquatic insects, and invertebrates, which serve to begin the process by feeding upon the tissues of the seed pod or leaf, while other species utilize the waste products which are produced during the process for nutrition. In these habitats, like streams and flooded forests, a variety of species work in tandem with each other, with various organisms carrying out different stages of the decomposition process. And it's all broken down into three distinct phases that ecologists have identified. It goes something like this. Uh, A leaf falls into the water. (laughs) After it's submerged, some of the solutes, which are substances which dissolve in liquids, in this instance, sugars, carbohydrates, tannins, etc., the solutes in the leaf tissues... uh, you know, leach out rather quickly. Interestingly, this leaching stage is known by science to be more of an artifact of lab work, or in our case, aquarium work, which utilizes dried leaves as opposed to fresh ones, though it does happen. Now, fresh leaves tend to leach these materials over time during the breakdown and decomposition process. It makes sense because freshly fallen or, you know, recently disturbed leaves will have almost their full complement of, you know, chlorophyll, sugar, and all those other compounds present in the tissues. And, hmm, isn't that a case for experimenting with fresh leaves we've toyed with that idea before maybe we'll revisit it again anyway cool experiments aside this is yet another reason why it's not a bad idea to prep your leaves because it will quickly help leach out many of the remaining sugars 
and all that other stuff, which could potentially degrade the water quality a little bit in a closed system. Now, the second stage of the process is called the conditioning phase, in which the microbial colonization of, on the leaf takes place. These little microbes begin to consume some of the tissues of the leaves, at least softening them up a bit and making them more palatable for the previously mentioned detritivores. This, in my humble opinion, is the most important part of the process. It's the main event, the part which we as hobbyists embrace because it leads to the development of a large population of organisms which, in, order, in addition to processing and exporting nutrients, also serve as, you guessed it, supplemental food for our fishes. Now, the last phase of this process, fragmentation, is exactly like what it sounds. Uh, the physical breakdown of the leaf by various organisms, ranging from small crustaceans and shrimp to fungi and even fishes, collectively known as shredders. It's been suggested by some ecologists that microbes might be more important than shredders, though, in tropical streams. That's interesting. Now, the fauna composition differs between habitats, yet most of the ones that I've found will mention organisms like Chironomidae, insect larvae, I think bloodworms, as the most abundant in many streams, pools, flooded forests, and riffles in the initial period of leaf breakdown in tropical habitats. The botanical materials breaking down into various products utilized by a you know, variety of life forms. The particles are then distributed downstream by the current, and they're available for consumption by other organisms which comprise aquatic food webs. Now, six primary products are considered in the decomposition process. Bacterial, fungal, and shredder biomass, dissolved organic matter, fine particulate organic matter, and inorganic mineralization products like carbon dioxide, nitrogen, and phosphate. An interesting fact, in tropical streams, a high decomposition rate has been related to high fungal activity. These little organisms accomplish a lot. Interestingly, scientists have noted that the leaves of many tropical plant species tend to have higher concentrations of secondary compounds and more recalcitrant compounds than do the leaves of temperate species. Also, some researchers have hypothesized that the high concentrations of secondary compounds, like tannins, in many tropical species actually inhibit leaf breakdown rates in tropical streams. It's interesting, sort of contradictory, right? But it may be why you see these leaf litter beds that may last for many years and become known geographical features in streams and river tributaries in some of these areas. There's a whole lot of stuff going on in the leaf litter beds of the world, isn't there? Of course, fungal colonization of wood and botanicals is but one stage of a long process which occurs in nature and in our aquariums. And for many hobbyists, once we see those first signs of fungal growth or biofilms, the majority of us head to the, you know, head tend to reach to the, to the for the algae scraper and, and or the brush and remove as much of this stuff as possible, like immediately. And of course, this provides some aesthetic relief for some period of time, but it comes right back because these materials will provide a continuous source of food and colonization sites for fungal growths as long as they're present in the water. And the idea of circumventing this stuff is, you know, it's appealing to a lot of people. But the reality is that you're actually interrupting the process. Nature abhors a vacuum, and a you know, set of new growths will return to fill that void, essentially prolonging the process. So, like, why fight it? Alteration of the botanicals is done chemically via this microbial action, and ultimately the components of the botanicals, the leaves, and, and other you know, stuff you drop in there, like lignin, cellulose, etc. These, these substances, these components, are broken down near completely. In aquatic environments, photosynthetic production of oxygen ceases in plants, and organic matter and nutrients are released back into the aquatic environment. 
all of these organisms work together, in essence, supporting each other via the processes which they engage in. It's pretty interesting stuff. It's complex, but it's elegant. And decomposition is a dynamic, fascinating process. It's part of why we find the idea of a natural botanical style aquarium so compelling. Now, many of the organisms from microbes to microcrustaceans to fungi are almost never seen except by the most observant and keen-eyed hobbyists. Well, the fungal growths are, are there. You'll see those. But these other organisms, they're there doing what they've done for eons. They work, you know, slowly and methodically over weeks and months, converting the botanical materials into forms that are more readily assimilated by themselves and other aquatic organisms. The real cycle of life. And another reason why the surrounding tropical forests are so vital to life the alichthonus leaf material from the riparian zone, i.e. the trees above the rivers and the streams and so forth, as a source of energy for stream invertebrates, insects, and fishes can't be understated. When we preserve the rainforests and their surrounding terrestrial habitats, we're also preserving the aquatic life forms which are found there when the waters return. In the aquarium hobby, we're now just starting to accept the use of botanical materials for a combination of reasons, what we call functional aesthetics, talked about that a lot, right? The, the capability of a material to influence the look and the function of the aquarium environment simultaneously. A real mental shift. One of many we ask you to make, right? Now, some hobbies have commented that as their leaves and botanicals break down, the scape as initially presented changes significantly. It evolves over time. And whether they know it or not, they're grasping the great Takashi Amano's interpretation of wabi-sabi, well, sort of. You have to appreciate the natural beauty at various phases of the aquarium's existence in order to really grasp that concept and appreciate it. To find little, you know, vignettes, little moments of fleeting beauty that need not be permanent to enjoy. We just sort of plug along, feeding our fishes, doing water exchanges, and growing plants. We tend to our aquascapes and we watch things grow. And over time, even the most diligently maintained aquariums tend to look significantly different than they did when they were first assembled. It's not unique to just botanical-style aquariums, right? Now... Getting back to botanicals, despite their you know impermanence, these materials function as diverse harbors of life, ranging from you know fungal and biofilm mats to algae to microcrustaceans and even epiphytic plants. Decomposing leaves, seed pods, and tree branches make up the substrate for a complex web of life, which helps the fishes that we're so fascinated by to flourish. And if you look at them objectively and carefully, these assemblages are beautiful in both in aquariums and in the wild habitats which we strive so hard to replicate. The idea of embracing nature is not something entirely new or previously unconsidered in the hobby. However, the idea of accepting the look, the function, and the benefits of natural processes, such as the formation of the fungal growth and the decomposition of botanical materials, is. Of course, when we look at natural ecosystems where leaves and other botanical materials collect, the parallels in look and function between nature and aquarium become far more obvious. We say blur the lines, and it's true. The lines between nature and aquarium definitely diminish when you see this stuff. Understanding the transient nature of botanical materials is absolutely essential for the botanical-style aquarium enthusiast. Now, there are many who prefer a crisp, clean collection of botanicals and leaves in their tanks, and they go to great effort to keep them that way. They'll remove any leaf that starts to break down, recruit biofilms, and replace it with new ones right away. If you're up to the task, I say go for it. For most of us, those of us who have made that mental shift, we let nature dictate the evolution of our tanks. We understand that the process of biofilm recruitment, the fungal growth, and decomposition, all those processes work on a timeline and in a manner that's not entirely under our control. We realize that botanical materials, with all of their impermanence and imperfection, are fuel for ecological processes which help dictate the diversity and the health of our aquariums. 
This is another one of those foundational aspects of the natural style of aquarium that we espouse so, so greatly here. The understanding that processes like decomposition and physical transformation of the materials that we utilize in our tanks are normal, expected, and beautiful things, and that it requires us to make these mental shifts. We need to get over the block, which is, you know, espouse the sanitized version of nature. I hit on this theme again and again and again because I feel like globally our community is like, I don't know, 75% there, almost entirely bought into this idea of really naturally appearing and functioning aquarium systems. We're not quite there yet. Uh, understanding that stuff like the decomposition of materials and the appearance of biofilms comprise both a natural and functional part of the microcosms that we create in our tanks, again, is essential and it's difficult for a lot of people to make. Employing natural materials, which tend to recruit these life forms during their time in our tanks, is actually one of the joys of our hobby pursuit, in my opinion. It's all about how the natural materials that we play with fuel the process of establishing, growing, and maintaining a closed ecosystem in our aquariums. Knowing that the turbid biofilm and fungal growth-filled aquarium that you've recently set up will evolve over time to a rich, diverse, biologically stable microcosm is pretty cool. It takes a little leap of faith, doesn't it? However, observing and appreciating this stuff, all of it, rather than instinctively you know, reacting to it with fear and revulsion, is the key to success with botanical-style aquariums. Ask yourself the next time you're inclined to run for the siphon hose or algae scraper, why do you have to remove it? Is it because it's somehow harmful to your aquarium? Or perhaps could it be that we're so indoctrinated in hobby practice to remove anything which somehow offends our aesthetic sensibilities of what we think or what we've been told for generations that a healthy aquarium should look like? Dig, dig deep and ask yourself those questions. Consider that removing some of these things, decomposing leaves, detritus, biofilms, and fungal growths, not only potentially removes somebody's food source from the system, it interrupts the fundamental and beneficial ecological processes which, despite their aesthetics, provide extremely valuable services for all the life forms in your aquarium. Botanicals are fuel. Fuel for life. Fuel for natural processes which can yield benefits to our aquariums which we spent years and countless amounts of money attempting to circumvent in our quest to recreate what nature offers up for free for all those who would just submit to her processes. Be strong. Stay bold. Stay curious, stay grateful, stay open-minded, stay calm, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman from Tenant Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tenant.